0: is Habila Cunnington, and this is the Habila Cunnington Podcast. Oh, I have missed you guys so much. And the truth is, I guess I want you to know that you really matter to me. I, I think about you. I think about your lives. I think about what you're doing. And I guess I think about those people in my world, even through podcasts that I listen to that help me. They They mentor me, they inspire me, they give me hope, and it matters to me. And I guess I think when I'm doing these podcasts, I just want to inspire you to be all that God's called you to be. He loves you, He sees you, He knows you, and in your big world, He is very interested in you becoming the person that He's called you to be. And today I wanted to share a story with you. I don't share this story that often, but it's a story that I feel will help inspire you and I hope will help you, I guess, take risks, be bold, be courageous in your pursuit of you. And I get asked a lot the question, how do I do what you do. I I think it's this question I would ask any other female communicator out there or influencer. How are you doing what you do? How did you get there? Who helped you? What were your secrets? And these are things that I also am in search of often. Um, I read books of women that are successful or have figured out how to be them. And it's inspiring to me. I've always had a sense of purpose. Luckily, I was in a home that purpose was really important. It was the foundation of how I was raised and really the essence of success. I remember at a young age learning about calling, learning about purpose, learning about the promise of our life. In God, and I've always been fascinated with purpose, but I didn't necessarily well, I guess it wasn't a straight shot, it wasn't something where I signed up for a certain amount of courses, got a degree, immediately started on my plan. And while I'm living in it, in fact, I would say purpose was a very messy road for me, and I am probably still figuring out a lot of things in life, but it all began about eight years ago, I was a minister. I, at the age of 17, felt the call of God in my life. And by the age of 18, began to speak. And I didn't speak in glamorous places. It was youth groups. It was women's teas. It was anyone. And I mean, I did group homes. I spoke at group homes, uh, Um, homes where people were rehabbing and getting healthy, and I was going and just sharing my story. I would pray and minister to anyone that would have me, and it was a great season. And then I eventually began to preach at my church and was taken more seriously in that and began to uh, teach on the weekend services. And I don't have time to get into how all that worked, but a lot of it was just I put in a lot of time and a lot of energy. I spent many, many years, uh, the first one in the building, the last one out. Uh, I would, I remember there were times when I would uh, decorate for the holidays and Christmas, and then I would lead the choir for Christmas, and then I would lead worship for Christmas, and then I would preach for Christmas, and I would close up the building um, for Christmas. So that was really how I lived. I lived investing. But there was a point when, well, I got to a place where I realized that if I wasn't available to do what I was doing, somebody else would do it. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I simply mean that I realized um, that the church was always going to need people that were available to serve in a certain capacity And that if I wasn't available, they would find someone else to be available. And I had to come to a point in my life where I was, I guess I had to acknowledge the hustle. I acknowledged that I was going, 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 doing, doing, doing. And the more I said yes, the more they agreed. And the more I said no, the less opportunity I had. And I realized that I could spend the next 20 years finding a place in a church to serve and do that and be fulfilled and be happy but i wouldn't be me i wouldn't be me i knew that i wouldn't i would be subject to what i was invited to do and i ha- i thought to myself there has got to be a way out of this there's got to be a way to influence my generation but not influence them by simply being invited on a sunday morning to speak and do the traveling circuit to be invited Uh, in for a moment and then to leave. And I knew that I wasn't called to pastor. I knew that my ultimate goal was not to be a senior pastor. Uh, I wasn't going to marry a pastor. I was already happily married. I didn't need that. Um, I knew that um, I wasn't going to go through the academic pathways, which was that I would get some degree and be invited into a denomination. I knew that I was already in the ministry. I just had to figure out really how my influence was going to grow outside of a Sunday morning invitation. So I began to um, wrestle with this question. How do I reach the world around me, whether I'm invited in to a certain moment? I know there are millions of people that need Jesus. I know there are millions of people that need the message of God. I know that I have something on my life to give, but how do I how do I fill in that missing gap? How do I go after that? And the Lord I guess that was this moment where I felt the Lord just tell me, Habele, nothing is stopping you from reaching the world. You have you have the internet. You have a computer. You have an ability to communicate your thoughts. And if you're anointed, and if you're clear, and if your direction is to point to me, then nothing should stop you from reaching the world in your living room. And this was a new thought. I want you to know that back in the day, there wasn't a lot of people reaching the world through video, through the internet. In fact, it was, the, the church platform was, and still is in some ways, the glorified moment. And I had this thought about putting a Bible studied together online. I put together my YouTube channel and set up my desktop computer. My two babies were napping, and I thought, I'm going to record. I'm going to take a commentary. I remember going down to my local Christian bookstore, buying a commentary, and I thought, I'm going to preach through a chapter in Matthew. I didn't know how to do that, but I thought, I'm just going to do this. And I set it all up, cleaned my living room, set up my computer, I read a ton, wrote down some notes, and I sat in front of my computer and taught a section of this chapter. And I want you to know it was horrible. (laughs) It wasn't full of like inspiration and anointed and, oh gosh, it was, I was so awkward. There's a part of talking into a computer that you feel weird and I'd never seen my face that close up consistently on film. Um, I didn't sound educated. Most of my words were, um, like, you know, but I threw it up there. I put it on my Facebook and I threw it up there to be seen. And I think my all time record was 15 views. Um, but I knew that I was, I knew there was something in my life to do this and I didn't know how to crack the code to reaching the world, but I felt that there was something here and so I did it the next week, and I did it the next week, and my numbers did not grow. It was, I think my most was 20 views, and, but I kept growing. And then at the end of that study, I sent out a survey that said I would like some feedback on the study. And there were some that were really gracious and super kind. I'm sure that one of them was my mom. And there was somebody on there, I'll never forget, that wrote this. They said, it was okay but it was, it was nothing more than a high school Bible class. And I remember walking up to my room and just feeling, I don't know, invisible, lonely in it, sad. Um, I knew that I wanted to communicate more than a high school Bible class, um, but I didn't know how. I didn't know how to get that message that was inside of me, a, a spiritual sense of calling, I didn't know how to get it on the outside. And so my next step was that I would start a Bible study at my church, and I would invite it. It would only be four weeks, and I would call it Keep Calm, Finish Strong. I expected 30 people to come. Since I had 20 people online that signed up, I figured 30 people would show up. And so I wrote a Bible study, a workbook. I did not know how to get it printed, so I took it down to the local print shop and we we purchased 50 of those books in faith. Um, and by the time we started the Bible study, we had a 100 women. I'd signed up to go to this four-week class, which was like revival. I couldn't believe that a 100 people would sign up. And the funny part was the print job was so cheap. I remember the red ink from the top of the cover coming off on all of our hands. In fact, somebody even said, The red ink had leaked onto their front seat of their car. I was humiliated, but we recorded those and I had to take myself really seriously at that moment. I knew I was supposed to do Bible studies. I didn't know how, and I knew they wouldn't be epic and deep, but they would be simple and and promising and, and give a bunch of people permission to be who they were called to be. So I did this Bible study. And then we posted those studies, and that began to grow. At that point, um, through a series of events, we transitioned, and we landed in our new job here in Reading. One day, I decided that I would write another Bible study called Radical Growth, a guidebook to growing a vibrant life. And I had this thought about putting the study up online on my Facebook. I would start an event, and anyone who wanted to join could join the Facebook study. I had this funny thought that I would get up every morning and record a five-minute inspiration towards the devotional, and then I would do it the next day for the next 20 days. I threw it up on Facebook, made this huge promise that I would do this, and left it alone. I never even asked my husband because I thought he would think I was crazy, and I didn't want to hear a no because I was just trying to find the courage to actually do it. So I set it up, I, get, I go through my normal day, and when I look at my Facebook that following evening, I see that over 500 people had signed up for this online study. By the next morning, we had 700, and I went in and told my husband, honey, I did something kind of crazy, and I don't really have a plan for this, but could you buy me a tripod so I can set my phone up to record this every morning? It was ridiculously unprofessional, and I did not have a super great plan, but Ben decided to borrow a camera, and we recorded them and posted them. The reason I did a study like that was simple. I, as a mom of four babies now, five and under, I was looking for a study that I could actually do. Everywhere I looked, it seemed like studies were massive commitments, whether it was financial, um, whether it was time. um, Usually the study looked like me having to get a babysitter, driving to a building, paying for the babysitter, paying for the study, and spending weeks with this type of commitment, and that didn't work for me. As a working mom, as a busy mom, as someone who was barely sleeping at night, studies did not work for me. So I came up with this thought, if I did a study, it would be five to eight minutes long. It would be free. It would have a book that I could follow along with the study, but I wouldn't, it wouldn't be a lot of homework and I wouldn't feel lost if I didn't have a book. I also needed it to be a complete thought. The thoughts couldn't build on each other in a way that I felt lost or overwhelmed when I got the study. I needed it to be inspirational. I didn't need another thing to do. I needed to feel inspired in my walk with Christ. I didn't need to feel like I needed to do another thing. I, I wanted it to feel normal and natural, um, maybe having coffee with somebody, sitting across the table with somebody. And I wanted to be able to watch it, whether I was in the car or I was putting on makeup or I needed some inspiration at night, I needed it to be that. So I formatted the studies as exactly as I would need it, five to seven minutes, free or really cheap. I needed a book to follow along, but not a bunch of homework. I needed to be complete thoughts, and I needed to be inspiring. I needed to connect to my modern lifestyle, my everyday life. And so we decided to put this online. In January, we did a study called I Do Hard Things, which was really met with a ton of interest. We had about 20,000 people that jumped in on Facebook and online and started the study. We knew we were onto on something. We were onto something in teaching this generation about the body, about the word of, a word of God. I knew that they needed this. I, I guess if it worked for me, it, it worked for them and I knew it. And so we began to dream. And I remember going on walks after that study and telling my husband, we, we need to find a way to put this online so that the world can find this and we need to grow this. But I didn't know how and we were approached by an incredibly generous um, group that said we, they'd be willing to put our stuff on um, a website that would allow our users to register and be able to, to follow along on this study. We also had a really generous donation from a friend, and it was the largest donation we've ever had to date. And that that donation allowed us to buy our own equipment, our own lighting, and to pay for anything we needed to get this platform up and running. It was a one-time thing, but we used every single dime of that to get this platform up and running, which is now called Truth to Table. Truth to Table became a place last year where we did our other study called Eat, Pray, Hustle, Dream Chasing God's Way. We posted it and we asked all of our online community to go from Facebook to to truthtotable.com. It was scary and we weren't sure if our community would do it. We didn't know if you guys would do it, but you did it. You actually went for it. You bought your books. You got your devotionals. You gave them as Christmas gifts. You gave them as birthday gifts. And all of us, all 20,000 of us joined in on our Dream Chasing God's Way study January 1st. And you loved it. You jumped in and we did it. And that platform has become a place where a lot of us land. It's a place where we go and find community. And all of those studies that I've done are on that, and it's become a place where you've enjoyed it, and yeah, it is a subscription site. There's a, a part of it where we have required um, you to sign in and to sign up, but only that income has only been used to is to record more more, and to produce more um, Bible studies and to build a site that will reach the world, and at this point, we have over 100 nations that tune in. And we have thousands of you from all different denominations that tune in to learn the word of God. It's really, really special. And right now, as we speak, I'm writing the next series, the next study that will be launched January 1st. It's free. You can sign up. You don't have to pay a dime. And you can get in on this study. I'm really, really excited about it. In fact, you can tell your friends and family about it. And if you want. If you wanna buy a book or a, a journal for a friend or for you and a friend to go along with it, you can do that. But the goal is, it's eight to 10 minutes, it's right in your living room, it's a complete thought, it's positive, and it will start you in the Word. You'll have, I guess you'll just have a pattern of getting in the Word, maybe for the first time in your whole life. And I want you to know, when you get in the Word, consistently, it changes your life. It's everything. It makes a difference. It allows you to go from struggling and worry and fear and not knowing to confidence that God is speaking to you every day. He's fully involved in your life. So, if you haven't, I want you to check out truththetable.com. And if you have a friend that you think would enjoy learning the Word consistently, have them jump over. It's a free subscription. You can jump in. And then if you want more, you can always sign up for more. But Start there. I don't want you to sign up and pay for anything unless you think it will help you and it will benefit you. Um, There's a lot on there that's completely available to you. So I love you guys. Thanks for listening to my story. Again, it wasn't clean. It wasn't simple. It was a little messy. It's still risky. In fact, I'm still taking tons of risks in this journey, but I wouldn't want to do it with anybody else but you guys. You have been so supportive. Every comment, every like, every share. Even the comments and the posts that you make on this podcast, well, I read them. I read them out loud to my kids and my husband, and we laugh and we smile, and it becomes, well, it's our connection to you. So I love you guys. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time.